What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hidden Gems, it's Lauren with Hidden, a true crime podcast. As a TV reporter, I learned the art of visual storytelling. So if you're like me, you enjoy listening, but also viewing. You can actually head to our YouTube channel, Hidden True Crime, to watch these interviews. Hit the subscribe button for surprise lives and breaking news. And for exclusive content, become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash hidden true crime. You'll find bonus episodes, early releases, and insider info. Thank you for your endless support. Hidden, a true crime podcast. A forensic psychologist and a journalist explore the hidden motives behind unthinkable crimes while examining our deepest fears along the way. Sherry is being talked about a lot right now on the internet. Uh, making waves in the Daybell case because of a telephone recording that was released, or let's say a recording of a telephone call that was released. The telephone call was, correct me if I'm wrong, Sherry, was that in January of 2020, the phone call that you recorded with Melanie Gibb? Is that right? That's correct. Yep. So, you know, please don't share this on social media. No, no, I promise I would not. Oh, my gosh. It's just just for safety reasons. But, you know, it's just so sad. It's just it's so sad. You can know how sickened I've been. Do you have the exact date of that telephone call with Melanie Gibb? I did, but I deleted it. I deleted it. Okay. Um, So the, the what we do know then is that it was January 2020. This was when Tylee and JJ were still missing. And about a month earlier in December of 2019 was when the Daybell case hit the media and the public started learning about the case. So this was a month-ish, give or take, after the case hit the media. But before we knew much, the public uh, only knew that there were two missing children that were Lori Vallow's and that there were uh, Tammy Dable was dead. Charles Vallow was dead, but we did not yet know about zombies. The public didn't, or these deeper beliefs. I'm just, I'm setting the stage so people kind of understand the timeline of when you were talking to Melanie Gibb and chose to record a phone call, which has now uh, been released by true crime underground. And, um, her brother's down there, um, just down the street from me, because he's marrying my friend who's in my ward. Her name's Sulema. And so I say, hey, are you around? And so anyway, we I said, hey, let's meet. We need to talk. So I said, hey, Alex. I said, do I want to know what happened to JJ? And she, he says, uh, no, you don't want to know. I went, what? Oh, my goodness. And she goes, I told Lori she should have never got you involved in this. And I'm like, yeah, she should have never got me involved. That was not smart. That is a Facebook group of web detectives who have been analyzing this case. Uh, they have the Facebook group True Crime Underground, Lori Daybell, Colt Mom. And somehow they received the recording of Sherry with talking to Melanie Gibb. 
in January of 2020. And they released it along with many other YouTubers and web sleuths who have also now released it. It is out. You weren't aware of that mm -hmm. uh, being released or passed around. And then I want to clarify one other thing. Sherry and I have been talking for a few weeks now, would you say? A month-ish now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sherry gave me, in confidence, a shorter recording, 20-ish 20, 20 minutes. Can I say that? Is that okay? If you want me to edit yep. No, that's fine. Okay. And, and you requested I not share that with anyone, which I did not because I have collaborated with true crime underground, um, at, at numerous times. And one of their admins is often often my, uh, YouTube moderator. I want to make it very clear that I did not leak this recording and Sherry can confirm this because the recording you sent me, Sherry was 20 minutes long. And the one that was released is 50 minutes long. So um, I want to put all speculation aside there too. I am not the person that released this recording. You sent it to me in confidence and I kept confidence. Yes, that's correct. Yep. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that too. <laughs> Do I have permission to share some of that audio now because it's yeah. out there? Okay. Okay. So, and you know, Alex, bless his heart, who passed away. He just was thought he was doing a favor to his sister. He didn't really care so much, you know, about Charles or this or that, but he just thought he was helping her. Did she ask him to kill him? Well, to self-defense. Take me back to your relationship with Melanie Gibb leading up to this point. Can you do that? Help yeah. us understand the backstory? Sure. Now, we've never, ever met, so... Okay. So she's never seen me personally and she might, maybe she looked at my pictures. I don't know, but we've never met, but, um, it, it, it started April of 2017 is when, um, I went to a, a, um, so back in, um, in 2017, I went to a, some, a health training thing in Idaho and I, I'm, it was, so it was out West and, um, it was at the spring, the hot springs or whatever springs, Saratoga Springs. Oh yeah. Okay. And the, at night we just was free time and, and all these women were around just one little, um, somebody's iPod or iPad or something. And Mike, this guy named Mike Stroud was live with his wife talking and I didn't know who they were, but I knew I just felt the excitement of everybody. So I listened to it. He gave an, a talk, kind of like a church talk. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but they're like, oh, he's wonderful. And you should, and they told me that I should listen to his podcast. So I, they told me how to download it and everything. So I started listening to his weekly podcast. And I'm going to so, just interrupt quickly and say for those, Mike Stroud, we learned was Jason Mao's seminary, seminary teacher. teacher. Exactly. He's, he's now an excommunicated member of the church for teaching doctrine uh, that the church did not want him to be teaching. And he was someone that Lori Fallow Daybell liked and listened to. Sorry, go ahead. Just wow. to help people understand. Sure. I, I didn't know that, but um, he was very wonderful to listen to. And, 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 but that's how I got connected to, to, to Jason. Um, that's how I did, because I found out that he was his seminary teacher and he gave a talk, another talk, and and Jason 
what's his last name? Mao. Mao, yes, Jason Mao introduced him. Mike Stratton said, oh, he was my seminary teacher so many years ago, da, 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 da. So then, so then I, I, and, and he's like, oh yes, he's a wonderful guy. Mike Stratton was saying how wonderful Jason Mao was. So then I started listening to Jason Mao's podcasts. And I think, and somehow this wasn't even a prepared people um, situation where he was talking at either, but somehow, somehow I, um, Jason Mao, they said, you know, we have a parent for people, whatever. Somehow from that, I found out that there was the preparing to people group and I listened, I was listening to all of Jason Mao's um, Time to Warrior Up and then he had Lori and Melanie give on with him. So then when Lori, um, <laughs> Melanie during the, the, I don't know how far along they had said, oh, she just wrote her book is just out now. So I ordered it on Amazon, just the reading one, not the physical copy of it. And I would listen to it from, from my, um, Alexa, she reads them to you, you know, oh, she just answered me, but you don't have to, you don't have to actually, you can actually listen to it. So you don't have to pay for an audio copy. So it's cheaper. So I listened to it and I, that's how I got to know Melanie. So then I, I reached out to her just through Facebook messaging. And that's how we would talk. We didn't even email each other. We just did Facebook messaging back and forth. Um, I was, I liked the book. I thought it was really good because it just seemed like she learned how to love her husband who was very difficult marriage and i there were some similar there some similarities that i could relate to so i thought that was really neat and she had one child that was special needs i've got three grown sons that are special needs so um and she just seemed like she learned to be a really amazing mom so i thought it was a great book um this is the book fill the fire by melanie gibb yes fill the when fire. was that when did that come out by the way when was that released originally i don't know I, I, I can't even tell you, but it must have been, uh, it could have been in like 2018 sometime, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a look and look at that. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, I didn't get a physical copy until after everything came down. So then I ordered a physical copy because I wanted to say, I wanted to see what was so alluring about it. And, and then I, the front of it, the forward had um Lori and uh Lori and Chad they were the only ones that wrote uh forward in it or whatever saying what a great book it was and I threw it in the trash I was so upset because by then we knew the kids were dead and they were in this big cult together and I and I was like oh my gosh that was just a cult book anybody that looks at a book now they're going to be like that this is trash this is ridiculous so but that's how we got talking was through um, those podcasts and through um, the book, but when so she called me, she called me, and no, no, okay. So when I started hearing in the East Coast, I'm on the East Coast. I didn't start hearing about the stuff in the news. I think it was it took longer to get out here than it was in the West. Mm -hmm. So I messaged and I said, "Isn't that Lori, the same one that you was that you did these podcasts with?" She said, yes, it, yeah, it, it is. And, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but she, she said, can I, can I call you? So we set a time for her to call me on a date in, in January. Um, how often had you guys talked at this point? I know you've never met her, but how often would you say you conversed with each other forth? over the phone? Yeah, over the um, phone, specifically the phone. Oh, just one call. That's the only time we ever talked on the phone. 
just that, this, this call. That's it. the only time you've ever talked was this call. Exactly. I didn't even know her voice or anything, you know, that, it, oh, but I did. Sorry for the podcast. I knew her voice. She was very Southern because she's from the South. So I knew that she, and so, but, um, so yeah, I knew what her voice was, but I didn't know what she looked like. Um, cause I, I listened to the podcast. I didn't see them, any of them. So I didn't know what Chad looked like or any of them looked like. So they interviewed Chad also on the podcast. And when I heard in his own words that, that he had his own publishing company, I did message him and I approached him and asked him if he would like to, um, if he would be able to, if he would be interested in um, publishing a book that I was wanting to write. And he said that Amazon was, uh, had put him out of business, that he was no longer publishing other people's books. When was so, this then exactly that he said? This was about publishing? three, this was about three months before Noah, uh, his wife ended up dead. Three months before Tammy died, which was, she died in October of 2019. So this was maybe the summer-ish. Yep. Of 2019. Okay. Thanks. Exactly. And so I said, uh, and he said, you know, I'd like to, but da, 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 you know, Amazon has made it put them out of business because they're so they can publish so much and all this stuff. And I, and I, I said, I said, okay, thanks. Um, then I heard from the preparing to people. I joined the preparing to people group on Facebook and, and I didn't go to any of their stuff because it was all out West. It was, it, it got scary to me because um, all of a sudden I was filled with so much fear, like, oh my gosh, we've got to get ready because so many horrible things are going to happen and we're going to be, it was, it was terrifying. It, it was, it, for me, it, it scared me because, because a lot of it was like all these people were having all these visions and dreams and all these things that they would talk about and almost so many of them had near-death experiences and were told all these things and it really scared me because I mean I was born and raised in the Mormon religion and you know we've talked about gosh from the 70s they talked about food storage and stuff and get prepared for the last days but but this was really like graphic and it, it was really scary so anyway um but I didn't go to any of their preparing things but what was sorry no go ahead just listening to the different people saying their stories and they're almost it almost almost like the same story they all have like the same similar stuff what were those things what were those similar things that each story had they had really extreme trials in their life that made them turn towards god and and like even like if they had a near-death experience or just trials like like jason now he was a police officer and then he both of his hand i think it was like both of his um he he ripped, he tore both of his main muscles on the back of his legs. And he was down in bed for months and he, so he couldn't work anymore. And he had, and his wife divorced him or something. And so he had to turn to God because he was just him and God, you know, and he didn't even know if he wanted to live anymore and stuff. And, and then Lori, she, hers was like, she didn't go into detail at that time. Like she did in that recorded thing that got out. I think I, I I'm sure I must've heard that, that one myself, but, um, it was that she had had a lot of trials. She didn't really be specific though, but she said she had a lot of trials. And she did say that she had a daughter that was molested uh, by a former husband and stuff. And so somehow that was like a really major trial that turned her towards God. 
and then Melanie Gibb was her marriage and her children or something. But so all of these people claim to have something really big happen. And then, and then they would start getting revelations, not Melanie Gibb. She never said revelations, but like uh, all of them, there are so many, all the lists of people. Um, so I never knew any of them. I never met any ever personally, but just heard their stories, you know, and it, it was just, I had to get, I had to stop it before it all went weird because it was just too scary. It was making me afraid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, as why I live in, I didn't want to live in fear like that because I mean, you can't even, if you're that afraid, you can't even function, you right. know? So I just, I stopped, I can't do this. I, I have to just have faith in God and do the best I can and not do this because there's so much they're doing weird. like you would have you'd spend you'd spend so much money if you did all the stuff that they you know and i was just like we can't do this and this stuff let's talk about the stuff that cost money the stuff that brought fear and also when you say you were raised mormon we're talking about the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints right the same faith exactly okay so it's not an offshoot exactly. faith we're talking about the lds church um are you talking when you say scary the prepping and the revelation and the second coming or are you talking about the energy healing can you specify what um was so not energy healing i didn't know that that was a part of their stuff um i i had got introduced to energy healing but it wasn't through them and and um so it wasn't it wasn't through them um but in, in the phone call melanie asked me about if i know about the emotion code she asked me that and that's how I, um, somehow I just saw a seminar on Facebook about the guy that does the emotion code and whatever. And it just was, it ended up being really weird to me. So I didn't, I didn't like it. You know, I didn't, it didn't seem normal to me. So I, I got out of it. But so I didn't know that they were all doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that that was like a basis for it, but, um, but it was more like you know you have to get these elaborate tents that are these big they're like these big white tents and and they could they're like amazing they could be like a really they're just very expensive and then there's so many stuff to go in it and and just all the things you needed to have and you needed to have your boots right by your bed because as soon as you the call out you have to be ready to jump put boots on and jump and get out immediately and you know like the the um I joined that one other thing for for a, a little bit of time. I wasn't on it when this whole stuff went down. I stopped it, but because they would send us these texts on the phone, these and say all these things that were happening, and, and it was just it, it was really scary because it was just like like they were going to text you right, before, right when it's time to get out of there, and it was just too much to. And I, you know, so I, I just I just stopped all of it. Mm -hmm. That makes um, sense. Yeah, but but with Melanie, I liked your book, so we talked back and forth. And the thing that, um, so when she said yes, you know that is the same Lori that was on these things. Can I call you? So I said sure. Um, by January time, by the time January came, it was on the news where we were, and um, I didn't I didn't know I knew that Chad's. Um, you know, Chad's wife had died, but I thought she died of whatever. I eat when I sent messages to him. I said, "I am so sorry that she was so young." I was shocked 
that she was that she died because I thought, oh my gosh, did he write about her death in the books? Did she know she was going to die? You know, before all the bad stuff happened, yeah. it was just so freaky to me that that all of a sudden she died because was it foretold or? Um, and Melanie was when she'd write to me, she was trying to get me to read all his books. Oh, you've got to read them. They're just it's like it was almost like Melanie like, was trying to get you to read Chad's books. Yes, yes. <coughs> especially two different two of them. She said it's almost was like it was like scripture, like something you really have to read these books. You know, and I, I just thought I'd already had a taste of those and they scared me. And I'm like, well, I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like I don't like that. I, I already I said to her, I don't like the prepping stuff. I don't believe, you know, it's just, it's, and so she's like, oh, these are, you know, these are just really good. So what you did like was Melanie's book and maybe um, the connection with other people. Was that it? And then as you got to know their focus, you didn't like the prepping. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it just seemed to, anything that's extreme is not good, you know? Right. And they were just really extreme in it. I mean, like it was like a religion by itself. It was like, if you didn't, if you didn't have all this prep for you were going to go to hell because only the righteous were going to be like with them all prepared kind of thing, you know, I don't, I, and so it's like, no, <laughs> oh, that's not my deal. I, you know, um, I'm a very, I'm so gullible. Anything I read on the internet, I have to watch myself because I think it's true. Like any vitamin or whatever new thing that come, I have spent so much money on vitamins or whatever. They're supposed to do all these things, and it's so bogus. So I have to be so careful because I'm really gullible. I'm really, I'm really gullible. So. But I want to compliment you though that you know that about you, right? Yeah. Yourself. If you know that about yourself, you can watch it, right? So some people wouldn't admit that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. So when. When I saw Nate Eden, her interview, Melanie Gibb, because in the phone conversation, it sounded like I was just, you know, oh, it was wonderful. I supportive. But then I saw it, it was not true. It, like it was, there's was such a, there was a lot of differences from what she told on TV to what she told me on the phone. So really quickly, let's go back to that for just a second. Um, okay. and, I'll, and I'll play some of the, the recording here okay, right now. Good. My brother and my husband, and my nephew are all zombies now, and they all want me dead. Oh, and they, my goodness. Oh, yeah, it gets crazy. <sighs> so, anyway, they have the shootout and everything. And uh, she grabs his phone, and they fight over that. And then Tylee, her daughter, picks up the bat and tries to defend herself or hit him or whatever. She doesn't like him anyway. And um, she doesn't like anybody. And so... Um, Anyway, they shoot him, and so I've talked to the police officer. He goes, you know, she was really happy for somebody that just had her husband shot dead. You know, she was like, oh, how are you? Da, da, da. She's real positive and upbeat. And I was like, oh, that's not normal behavior to somebody that gets blown away in your front room. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that would traumatize me. But anyway, um, so she, she's told to move up to Rexburg. The Lord tells her, move up to Rexburg now. She takes Tylee and JJ with her. Tylee and JJ are up there. I know she's up there with both of them because I can hear them on the phone in the background while she's packing and moving in. Talked, she clearly wanted to talk to you on the phone to probably being, avoid being recorded or screenshot. You actually, to me, sounded shocked. This is in January, again, 2020, before her interview with Nate Eaton, before the public 
really knew about zombies or past probations or these intense extreme cult teachings um you you were talking and how did it go to the point that you started recording can you take us there yeah because it it starts in in the middle of the conversation you know in the middle of the call um i i it was just weird to me that she just out of the blue say oh can i call you and so then she just starts telling me about the situation and, and it was I know that she knew that I like admired her. Like I kind of had her on a pedestal because I loved her book. So I, I, in a way she was trying to clear her name and so that we were still buddy buddies. I felt like kind of, but it was just so weird because she just suddenly started saying things. It was like, wait a minute. Cause I mean, yeah, preparing to people was about people sharing their dreams and stuff. But all of a sudden now she's talking like, it's like a cult or it's like a, like a religious thing she started she started she started to talk about the hundred forty four thousand, and i'm like what you know i in the conversation i'm like because i didn't you know like that wasn't not I, I just i can't explain it, but that just was not a part of what i experienced and and, and so she, and so i thought i've got to i'm going to record this because i just thought no this is not i i don't know my gut just said you got to record this can I ask how you recorded it? Yeah, <laughs> I have my, uh, I have my, um, I, oh, this, I've got my, this is my iPad and I just turned it on um, speaker. We were speaking speaker. That's why it's, and then I just had to record uh, on here and that's how I recorded it was on my iPad. But, um, and I didn't tell her I was recording it because she, was like already in the thick of it and i right. was i was just like and i didn't know that i couldn't do it you know and um so anyway yeah and i was i was terribly shocked i was just like i was mortified because so many things but when when it when she said for months and months they were trying to get find out get rid of charles and and then she and when she said that he had taken her Lori's phone and text her so she went over to talk to Lori and it was him and he had her phone he was hugging her and crying and saying they're gonna kill me they think I'm Ned Snyder they're gonna kill me I don't what you know you gotta help me I don't know what to do and she's like the way she talks that she's just like uh 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 and she's like well, he he gets me to come over to his house but he breaks into the house and she's picking up the kids. She's still, he's still, it's a lot of drama in that. But anyway, he, um, he says to me, and I thought it was Lori, but he had her cell phone. So he was trying to get me to come <gasps> over. So, I talked to him, so it freaked me out. <sighs> and I get there and it's him. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I talked to him and he's like, you know, Melanie, Lori's crazy. Like she thinks that I'm this guy named Ned and that she's trying to destroy my life. And I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> I just don't know what to say. The, the way she talked to me on the phone, it wasn't, she wasn't shocked and she wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, like, what if, what did I get myself into? She was like, oh, yeah, Lori wasn't smart telling him all these things. She, um, she tells him, which is stupid. She <gasps> says, I'm going to destroy you. She's <laughs> like, you are not Charles anymore. You are Ned, I forgot his last name, Snyder. You're Ned Snyder, and you're not going to, you are, 
you know, I am, she told him, I think she told him prior to this, but she was translated. She was married to Mara and I before. Oh, my and gosh. Already involved. So, yeah, she's already telling him this stuff, which is not oh smart. Like, she shouldn't have told him, they should have just killed him without him knowing about all this stuff. She told him prior to this, but she was translated. She was married to Mara and I before. Oh, my and gosh. Already involved. So, yeah, she's already telling him this stuff, which is not oh smart. Oh, my goodness. And... Yeah, not smart. She should have kept that information to herself. So he, he gets me to come over to his house. So I just stood there and didn't know what to say to him. And then he hugged me and he was crying. And oh I was like, now look, I look back now and go, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so. Yeah. Like she was dumb seeing all this stuff ahead of time to him. And, and, and I mean, if somebody's crying and hugging on you and saying, please help me, they're going to kill me. What do you do? You go to the police immediately. And uh, then I get a phone call from the police. Of course, I ignore it. And then... Um, you know what I mean? I mean, right. if you, you immediately, but obviously she was part of all of it. She, was, she knew they were going to kill him. And she's saying, oh, she wasn't smart telling him all these things. That is horrible. You know, Charles almost could have had his life spared because he tried everything to get help from every, even from her, from, you know, to the, the police department. I'm appalled that, that he actually died because he tried to get help. He tried to tell people that she was going to kill him. You know, she tried. And, and it, so the, the conversation with Melanie, it, it sounded like she was so, she had no feeling. She has lack of any kind of feeling for any of it. So anyway, they have the shoot down and everything. And uh, she grabs his phone and they fight over that. And then, Tylee, her daughter, picks up the bat and tries to defend herself or hit him or whatever. She doesn't like him anyway. And um, she doesn't like anybody. And so, um, anyway, they shoot him. You sensed that she had uh, the emotion that she was expressing didn't seem equivalent to what she was telling you. Yeah. She was apathetic. Is that the word? That she had no feeling about it? So, you know, she's a, he's a handful. And so, and plus, it's not her kid anyway, right? And so, it's not her kid because she adopted him, right? Right, she adopted him from Kay's family. Oh, she did. Yeah. Oh. As a baby, she she had him as a baby. Yeah, he was a drug baby, and so she they adopted him as a baby. Yeah. Oh wow. And she was a really good mom to him. She was. She was really. She was really patient with him and very loving. I saw her. She's very loving to him. Wow. And um, yeah, she was hands down. She was a great mom, patient, very patient with that kid. It's like ridiculous. It, oh, and and it was I felt like I was I felt like I was an insider with her and like she was saying like oh we messed up here we messed up there it was crazy because and again this is your first conversation ever with her yeah that would yeah. be shocking I, I just want to say that would absolutely be shocking yeah so I go up to visit her and um I see that Tylee is not there and I I said, hey, you know, Tylee's, I, I, you know, I mentioned again, like, Tylee went to BYU. And she goes, yeah, but she gave me this really creepy look. Mm. Yeah, it was creepy. It was like, yes, she's dead, really. And, you mm. know, that kind of look. Yeah. Like, then, yeah, almost that kind of look. But then I didn't know what to think about it at the time. I was like, um, oh. And then she didn't tell me that she lied to the police. She says, okay, well, here we go. Now, don't judge me. And then she decided not to do it. So she didn't tell me that she that she lied to the police. She said that they asked, told her to lie for him, for them, but she didn't say that she did and then finally went back to the police. She didn't say that part. So she, because I think she was afraid that if I knew who she really was, then I would be, I didn't, I wouldn't hold her on this pedestal, you know, that I had her on. And um, 
she, I, I don't know, for some reason, I guess she just needed me to, or needed people to still believe in her, that she was still a good person, I, I guess, because she didn't tell me that part. Because she's like, she gets, almost starts to get emotional. She's like, okay, now, now just, you know, just hang on now. This is where it gets hard. And, and you know, don't, 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 don't judge me or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And then she doesn't say it. While you're recording, don't judge me. You're like, <laughs> I know. Okay, um, then this is where it all changes for me. This was hard. You're going to just, just try not to react. Okay. So, <laughs> just, okay. No, it's okay. Put your seatbelt seat on. Okay. And um, so then I get a call from Chad two days before Thanksgiving. Hey, Melanie, Rexburg Police is going to call you. Don't answer. And I went, what? And my stomach just dropped, you know? Oh, man. And I said, what happened? Well, the police are over at JJ, uh, that, uh, at, uh, Lori's house and they're looking for JJ and she told them that JJ was with you and I went what? Oh no. And I'm like Whoa, I thought JJ was at grandma's house but he's not there is he? And they're like he's like no he's not. I'm like what? And I don't know honestly I did not know what to think at this time. I was so shocked. And then I find it out when she's testifying in court that she did lie that she did say he had him to the police you know that she had it, jj that she did yes. have yeah okay and then she went back and said she didn't but so so but the shocker was about and and then she told me Hidden True Crime is prepping to record live podcasts on the road while meeting many of you along the way. We want to connect to all of our gems without language being a barrier. Enter the most trusted language learning program, Rosetta Stone. It immerses you in a language you're learning and it's available on desktop or app. Perfect for on the road learning. We're excited to learn Spanish, French, Italian, Korean, and more. Excited to speak, listen, and think in a new language through an intuitive process, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Join with us. Do not put off learning that language. No better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Hidden True Crime listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. A quick word from our sponsor. While Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world, did you know Shopify can do the same thing for your very own retail store? With Shopify, you unite both in-person and online sales, tracking every sale in one place. Hidden True Crime uses Shopify's tools to help us build marketing campaigns for all of our social media platforms, and their plug-in tools are as unique as our business, allowing us multiple ways to accept payments and promote our store. Plus, Shopify's help is always there to support our success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hidden true crime, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hidden true crime for a $1 per month trial period to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash hidden true crime. She told me that she knew that, uh, that, that um, Tyler was still alive because she could hear them in the background when they were 
unpacking when they got to Idaho. So she, she's told to move up to Rexburg. The Lord tells her, move up to Rexburg now. She takes Tyler and JJ with her. Tyler and JJ are up there. I know she's up there with both of them because I can hear them on the phone in the background while she's packing and moving in. So she knew Tyler was alive at that point. Um, but then she said that she, Lori had said that she was a zombie over the phone. And she told me already that, that Charles was a zombie. So I'm just like, I was just like shocked. I'm like, oh my gosh. And she's like, and, and she said, Tyler said in the background, not me, mom. That she heard her say that when, when Lori told her over the phone that she was a zombie now. Yeah. And, um, and I, and then she said, and then she went to this, she went to the, with a friend, she didn't say it was David. She went up, up there to do a pod thing and a pod, but it, podcast. You know, she went podcast. with David to, to Idaho to do the podcast. Yeah, she said it was just a friend. She didn't say it was him, but in the recording, but she said, and um, and she said that she found, they said that, she, that Lori had said that he was a zombie then. JJ's there, and she tells me he's a zombie now. Oh, my goodness. And so was Tylee. Oh, no. So, yeah, so people that are zombies, they don't end up staying alive. But she probably see the right. And so, <sighs> anyway. So I'm in so much shock. And then she also talked about Tammy. She talked about Tammy. She said she was supposed to die in a car accident, but she didn't die in a car accident. And so she said, oh, we just had to do whatever we had to do to pray to get her spirit. Lori said to her, we had to do whatever we had to do to, to get her spirit out of, to get her out of her spirit, which she probably meant get her spirit out of her body. And so, she, and I said, well, what, how did she die? She goes, well, we just had to do what we could to take her out of her spirit. Something <gasps> like that. Uh-huh. She said that they, she had that Tammy had gotten before, right before they killed her, a couple weeks before they killed her, that she was starting to question and, and thought that there was something going on between her and Chad Daybell. That's what Melanie Gibbs says on this conversation. Um, but she claims that she didn't know she was dead. And then Lori called her and told her she, that she had died or whatever. Um, and she didn't hear about it because she doesn't watch TV or something. And then I call her in Hawaii and I say, hey, guess what? She, you know, Tammy just died. Do you know this? And she goes, no, I haven't heard it yet. And, oh and I said, well, what happened? What happened to Tammy? And she goes, well, she was a zombie two weeks before she died. <gasps> and I was like, really? She goes, yeah, she was starting to question our relationship. She was wondering if he was having an affair. I said, oh. So I, I'm thinking she said a prayer and her spirit went home. That's what I'm thinking, right? And so, like, maybe she did some kind of, like, blessing or something, you know, like, they, people can do that, I guess. I don't know. Ugh. And um, so, anyway. But for me, I was, it was so shocking to me to hear about Tammy's death, Charles' death, and the kids. And she didn't say, well, I know that he killed them, other than that they're dead, that they killed them, other than um, she said they're zombies, so. Uh, oh, she did say when she went up there to do the podcast, she asked where Tylee was, and Tylee, she said, t she said Tylee was at um, Idaho, BYU, Idaho, and she said, but she gave her this real creepy look, like, but you really know she's dead. This look on her face was this real creepy look. I, I, you know, I mentioned again, like, Tylee went to BYU, and she goes, yeah, but she gave me this really creepy look. Mm. Yeah, it was creepy. It was like, yes, she's dead, really, and, you mm. know, that kind of look. Yeah. Like, I think I listened to all stuff. I'm, I, I'm just like, I can't believe it. I, I just was in shock. And, and oh, and I, when I, when she talked about Charles being dead, she said 
I said, she asked, she told him to kill, she, she asked Charles, I mean, her brother Alex, she asked him to kill him. And she said, well, yes, in self-defense. And you know, Alex, bless his heart, who passed away, he just was thought he was doing a favor to his sister. He didn't really care so much, you know, about Charles or this or that, but he just thought he was helping her. Did she ask him to kill him? Well, to self-defense, yes. Well, he, she, because he, they, they planned it. You can't ask somebody to kill somebody in self-defense. But anyway, there, I was, I was just in so much shock about all of it. And I thought, this is just crazy. And, and I thought, you know what? And I asked her, I said, Millie, are you, aren't you, aren't you afraid that what if they figure you're a zombie next? Aren't you afraid something's going to happen to you? And she's like, oh no, because I don't, I'm not in the way of their, um, wanting to be together. She just thought that it was, they just got rid of people that were in the way of their doing their mission or whatever. And she wasn't in the way. Can I ask you, do you, are you ever been afraid for your safety since you were so close to, what if they decide you're yeah. a zombie? Yeah, well, I'm not any, um, I'm not distracting from their mission being together. Their whole thing is they want to be together. Oh, okay, good. So I, I'm not stopping them from being together so they don't have any reason popping me off. So she wow. said she wasn't afraid, but I was afraid. And I thought, oh, if she's telling me this, am I going to end up dead? I mean, I was literally, I was, I was afraid. So I thought, and I thought, you know, that's why I thought, man, no wonder I take recording this. Cause what if I end up dead? Just knowing her telling me this stuff. Um, it was, I had so much guilt over, I just knew the kids were dead because, and that was January. They didn't find the bodies till June. Maybe they knew or suspected maybe the ground was frozen and they couldn't even get there till, you know, till summer, maybe because Idaho is frozen in the snow. So they might have known it anyway. But I just felt like I knew something that nobody even knew. And it was just eating me alive. It's sad. I don't think the kids are alive. It's sad. And I, I'm on the East Coast. I don't really know anything. I don't know how to contact the police. But I thought I've got to send this to the police. So I first I tried to send it to um, Idaho. And they told they gave me a name and I'm forgive me, but I deleted everything. So I don't even know who it was, but they said send it to somebody in Arizona. So I sent it to them and they said, um, and they said, and he said, I've gotten it and I've listened to it and can I call you? So this detective guy called me after he heard it and he wanted to know how I got the recording and why I recorded it and he said that they were going to hold it for evidence, but he didn't say like if it was going to be against her or if it was going to be for her, you know. Just and, that they were going to hold it and uh, value yeah. that you sent it to them. Yeah, he said that it's kind of what she said, but it, there's more emotion to it on the recording. It's more in depth or something on the recording, the phone call than what she kind of. On your phone call. Yes, and so they were hold it. They were going to keep it for evidence, and and that was it. I mean, they never said anything else um and so i felt more at ease because i felt like it was so it had so much effect on me i felt like i killed those kids because i knew they were dead and i just thought somebody's got to hear this somebody's got to see this and know what's going on and i and i i sent like just a a, a quick message to with along with the recording what what i had said was um let me see, I said, um, 
with the recording, I said, I feel you should look closely at Melanie Gibb in the murder of Charles Vallow. I'm not close friends with her. I have not met her personally, but she called me last January in this tape, taped phone conversation, and she shared knowledge of knowing Charles was going to be killed before it happened. She also tells how Lori stole the truck and got rid of Charles' personal effects, etc. Melanie tells in this tape phone call conversation more than she may be let on to authorities. I taped the conversation by having my phone on speaker and using an iPad to tape the call. I have felt really uneasy ever since the call, like there may be um, needing more information in this call. So anyway, so that's what I sent with the recording. And um, do you feel some relief then that the recording is out now? Well, I, I mean, I feel I'm upset that the police leaked it because they're the only ones that I sent the copy to is the police department. Um, and when that the little snippet that I sent you, I sent just that little bit to Annie as well because she's the aunt, you know, and I know she's had a really the aunt of Tylee, the aunt of yes. Tylee. So you sent a snippet to me and to Annie. Okay. Yeah, to Annie first. And then she's the one that helped me to say that found out where I lived. And she said, Oh, this is, you can't, you're not supposed to record in Massachusetts. It's you have to have both people know it's okay. Or it's a, it can be a felony. Uh -huh. you know, that's it. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. And so she said, so she didn't, she would not publish it because she didn't want me to get in trouble. So she didn't, but she did talk about it to her honor group. She talked about it, you know, but she didn't ever, release any of it the conversation and and she didn't have the whole thing either and um so i deleted all of it immediately and then um found out that um annie had gotten the full copy from alwyn and alwyn i i don't know it but i i assume she got it from the police department because she's working for mark means and i'm just i'm just assuming because and he found out that they all have that that phone conversation, all of them do. And um, so she she said to me, uh, she, she sent me the, the recording back to me and the full amount, the whole thing. And she so she sent me the copy back to me and said, is this the, the original? And I said, yes, and she had gotten it from Owen. But Owen was very good. She didn't either. She did not put it on YouTube. She just played a few, a little bit of it maybe a couple of conversations and then um, a little bit of the conversation. And then she and her friend, Jesse, they talked about it, how they felt about it. And I had kept this inside for so long because I don't think I got it over to the police because everyone I talked to, people that were close to me, I said, I feel like I got to send it to the police. Oh no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to get involved. You know, you, you don't know these people. You don't want to be involved. And I mean, and so everybody kept saying, no, no, no. But I felt so awful and like, so I probably didn't even send it to him until, let me see, I don't think I sent, the, sent it to the police until probably after the, the bodies were even found even, probably. But I don't remember when it was, but it, it was like, I think it was, I sent it like um, around July and it, they were phoned in June, I think the phone conversation because I kept, everybody kept telling me, no, don't do it. Um, because you don't want to get involved. Yeah. Well, and while I can't confirm everything in your story, I will share what I can confirm. 
I can confirm that police do have a copy of this phone conversation that you recorded. And I can confirm that um, the YouTuber you mentioned, Alwyn, um, has been in contact with Mark Means and does and has talked to him. So anyway, but I, my, I couldn't not give it over because my gut was just like, no way. Just screaming like, no, you can't sit on something like that. So can I ask you then, so you deleted everything because you were afraid. How did you have the copy that you sent, the, the snippet that you, you know, the, the 20 minute copy that you sent to Annie and to, to me? I sent that to her before, before I found out. And then she told me that because she thought if it was legal that she could have just you know put it on her thing but she couldn't because she found out because she knows all this stuff with her work and okay she, she asked me what state i lived in and she knew she was like oh no you you have to you can't do that that's against the law in massachusetts so to clarify because this is something that the true crime world has been discussing and arguing over what you're saying is that when you still had a copy you sent it to annie and then after talking with Annie, you got nervous and were scared. And so you deleted everything. Of course, the police at this point already had a copy. Exactly. Then, to them. then Annie got the full length, which I do know there are two different lengths out there. So Annie got the full length copy from Owen. And according to Annie and to you, and again, I can't confirm, but I'm trying to understand your story. And then... Um, so that's how you had the long copy and how the long copy is out there. Um, and maybe Alwyn shared it with other people. And then um, the short copy did Annie send back to you where you had this exchange so you were able to send it to me. Is that clear after you deleted everything? The short copy. Yes, when I talked to you and I and I asked you if you would be interested in interviewing me because I heard your um, little bear one. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have any more copies at all. And so I asked Annie if she would send me, if she could send them back to me, because she still had both of them. So okay. she first she sent me the short version and then she sent me the full version back. She just texted back to me so that I'd have them. And I thought I sent you the full version, but I just sent you the little part. That actually, that, that makes sense. And again, while I can't confirm everything in your story, it absolutely makes sense. And I think that that'll help many people make sense of this so thank you for sharing that yeah clarify and get that out of the way it's unnecessary to some people but to others it matters <laughs> right 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 um <clears throat> and so we don't know where um Alwyn got her copy but you speculate it was maybe from mark means um so forgive that tangent um, thank you for explaining that. So you got this recording. Take me back to getting this recording. You got it. You can't believe it. It's the first time you've ever talked to Melanie Gibb in your life, and she dropped something so shocking, so appalling. Um, you have the recording. Did you hear Melanie's? Did you send it to police right away, or did you first hear Melanie's interview with Nate Eaton and then send it? Or what happened next after? Getting yeah, I I heard her. I, I heard her Nate Eaton stuff and I saw what she testified to. And I know she was lying. I knew she was lying in her testimonies because um, not so much Nate Eaton, she just didn't tell all the details. But when she was testifying in court, 
um, she and and the prosecutor was trying to not the prosecutor the defend the defendant the one that's defending Chad Daybell mm -hmm. he was trying to establish her relationship with Lori and that they were close and Melanie kept trying to side skip it and say no you know not really we she tells on this phone conversation that they were like Velcro that they did everything together that Lori was so close to her they were Velcro and I'm just gullible as gullible gets. And she stuck on me like Velcro. She was such a good friend to me. You know what I mean? Like she was close to me. So then she played it down in court and testified that they really weren't that close and blah, blah, blah. And then when you listen to the conversation that she, she recorded on Chad and, and Lori, if you really read between the lines, if you can really hear what's going on, and uh, people have speculated about all that, and they th some people have said that they 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 knew they were being recorded, and they they kind of planned it out before they you know before they recorded it what they were going to say and stuff. I don't believe that because if she was so close to Lori, when um, I I in my past I have had cult experiences and. The thing that we always, the people with cults have to do is they have to always get a, a personal reformation that whatever the, they is the new revelation, you have to know that it's true. Like you have to have like a, and, and you have to have other people that all agree with it. Like if you have more than one, if, if you have other people that are all saying, yes, it's true, it's true, I know it's true. And and the thing that really bothered me about, like Lori was saying to, to Melanie, like, what happened to you? What, what What's changed? Have you been talking to, um, David, somebody's gotten a hold of you because all of a sudden her story has changed. In this she recorded is, call. Again, there's a exactly. lot of recordings in this story. You recorded Melanie Gibb. Melanie Gibb recorded Chad, Chad and, and Lori. Lori. So I decided to call Lori and Chad and I recorded it. And so you're talking about when Melanie Gibb recorded their call, Lori's saying you've changed and she's calling Melanie out. And that was, exactly. a, that was a sign to you. Never had any idea that you would be the person of all people to charge me. I cannot believe I am that. asking questions, and I am concerned for you. That is what somebody does when they care. You don't sound like you're concerned. You sound like you're accusatory. You do not sound concerned. You sound pissed off. Exactly, because if they're Velcro, then Melanie is going to know everything. She'll know everything. She knew everything. She was right there. She was a part of all of it. This is my opinion, because I've been in... I've been in those situations before, you know, every, and, and so it really, really bothered me because she said, she told that the other guy, I don't do names guys, I'm sorry, but the one that was trying to get her to say how close she was to her. Oh no, we weren't that close. We, you know, we weren't. And, and she says on live recording, we were Velcro. And then um, that other interview with um, her, with Lori's nephew that used to live with them, Zach Cox, that's that, the son of Adam Cox, Lori's brother, exactly. and Nicole, uh, Lori's sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. Yes. He said that Melanie Gibb was there. She, Because Melanie says here, oh, Lori, Lori did these, she she said that Lori did all these things, stole the truck and packed his stuff and got rid of all of it. But he knew that Melanie was right there with her because she was living there at the time. And Melanie did all of that with her. But on the phone, she was saying to me, Oh, Lori did all this stuff. And she said, are you sure you're supposed to be doing this? Oh, yeah. Melanie, God's telling me exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. But Charles is upset because she just tried to destroy his life. Um, she told him, she, you know, she, he was out of town when she found out. 
and he was uh, in another state. And when she flew back home, she took she took his truck and hid it, took all the keys and took them from him, oh. uh, emptied out his clothes in the house. I mean, tried to destroy his work, oh his my life. Oh goodness! And I was like, "Hey, do you think that's a bit extreme? Like, are you sure you're, you're supposed to do that?" She goes, "Melanie, the spirits tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'd say yeah." So she was trying to pretend like she wasn't a part of it, but then she, you yeah. know what I mean? So in other words, Zach Cox, you're hearing Zach say, Melanie helped Lori move all of Charles's stuff, where on the recording, the way Melanie's describing it to you is Lori did all the stuff and she left out that she was part of that. All a part of it. Zach Cox. Okay. Exactly. So, um, so I, I just, you know, I, it, I, I just felt like I called her out on, I wrote her something on Facebook, one last message. And I just told her, I said her, I just knew that none of it, I, I don't know. I just, that she could have saved four people's lives and stuff. And it was just very, very upsetting. And, and then I deleted everything. I, 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 well, I saved some of it. I copied it and put it in my notes on my phone. And then I just deleted it and I blocked her. Cause I thought I don't want anything more to do with it because it just it just wasn't true none of it was you know and thanks for explaining that too so you have i have some screenshots and copies and pastes from your notes but i don't have screenshots and so what you're saying is you copied and pasted some of them but deleted everything because of your emotions and feeling fearful yes yes i i did i felt afraid because i i've i've known i've been in experiences where you don't tell, you do not talk about these things or you will end up dead in certain cult things. Mm -hmm. You just, you don't do it. You can't tell about it. So. Okay. Think, yeah. You know, you're helping bring a lot of clarity. I, I can't imagine what it would felt like talking to someone for the first time and them bringing this up. I can't imagine what I'd do with it. And so you send it to police. Um, you said that you, you admit that you're gullible, um, that you fall for things on the internet. Um, do you feel like you fell for preparing a people for a little bit or for Melanie Gibb or Melanie Gibb. This group? Okay. Melanie Gibb, because she, her book was amazing. She had a lot of scripture in it and it just seemed like she had just this wonderful experience where she learned how to just be so loving and, and, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a caregiver of three adult sons with special needs and, and, you know, I just want to be better and better for them, mom, for them. Um, and so I just like, I just like, wow, it, it just sounded like too good to be true. <laughs> when it sounds like that, then, you know, it's too good to be true, <laughs> you know, and I just thought, wow, it's just, it, is, it was just an amazing thing. And, but it wasn't anything weird either. It was it was um, believable because it wasn't like she didn't say, "Oh, I had this vision and God came to me and I saw Christ personally." Nothing like that. It wasn't weird like that. It wasn't like out there that you're like, you know what I mean? It was more like she learned it through study and prayer and and stuff. And so I really thought it was good. But the thing that really, when I when I saw on the physical copy that it was Chad and Lori that wrote in it, I just threw it in the trash. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was just, if I had known that, if I bought the book way back, then I would, I probably wouldn't even have talked to her on the phone. I probably would not even have 
you know, because I had known she was really in cahoots with, really bad with these people, but. I know, it's sad, you know, everybody, you know, Chad was such a nice guy. You said that she would encourage you to read Chad's books early on before the recorded phone call while talking to you and being your friend. Do you recall what she would say about Chad's books or why she wanted you to read them? She said that they were really amazing and that they would, they were two specifically two. I don't don't even know what they were, but two of them, she said that they really, the way she talked about it was almost like they were like scripture, you know, but that they were really good. I really should read them because it would help me understand. And I said, I don't like that stuff because I'd already gotten afraid of that stuff. I, I didn't want nothing more to do with this. The thing that really, okay, this thing that really um, bothered me was because the, the people out West, when I went to this um, retreat, that's what it's called, a retreat. They were talking about, I don't know Julie, I don't know Julie Rowe at all. Is that, that's her name, right? Julie Rowe? Julie Rowe. Yeah. You're not familiar yeah. with Julie Rowe. I wasn't at all. And, but they just thought, oh, she's amazing. She, and at the time she wasn't weird yet. She'd gone to all these at that time, she was like still doing firesides in church buildings uh, of, of our, the LDS church buildings as before she was excommunicated from the church. And there, and so they told me about her book. So I read her first book. Um, and she said, all these things you need to get to be prepared. So that kind of got me in the mindset because you need like axes and you need all these tools and things like, you know, just all this stuff that I didn't even think about, you know, we're told get food and water, but all these other things that she in her book. So that's what started me at first saying, thinking anxious. And then as I, the prepared people stuff, they're, you know, testifying of all their visions and their dreams or, and stuff like that. It was, neat but it was when it came down to oh like tents and all these things that you need to buy i i just that's when it just really turned me off because i was like no i'm not i'm not gonna live in fear like that you know they're like you have to have your boots right by the side of your bed because at any time middle of the night you get the call you gotta get in those boots you gotta be ready to just get out of there and it, it, it's terrifying to think yeah. that yeah and they said, oh, we'll send a text to everybody's phone. And then you just got to get out. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't even know if we have boots or whatever. You know, how can we keep boots for all my boys? They're, they're special needs. How am I going to get them? And oh, it was just so much. It's like, how can I get them in their boots and get them out the door? And so we're like a prideful group of preppers. You know that? Oh, like, yeah. Just- it would be scary. That would be scary. <laughs> that would be crazy. intense. Yeah. Um, did she imply that Chad's books were real? That they was real? That they were future events? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I already, from reading that Julie, Julie, Julie Rowe one, I already said, I don't want to hear this stuff anymore. Cause that, that, you know, that was enough for me. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I don't like, I don't like that kind of stuff. And she's like, Oh, I understand. I, I, I understand that, but, but, you know, but they really are good books, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Julie Rowe got really out of control. She's now put a podcast out about him and Lori. She's like, no, Chad and me are friends. We've been friends for a long time. And I I know that I, you know, the, the, my angels have told me that the kids are safe and they're playing on the beach and everything's fine. Oh, my gosh. She's not going to look good when they show up dead. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. She's out of control. What else would you want people to know today? You know, you have been 
um, fairly silent, minus a few comments on social media here and there, people, a lot of speculating from people and strangers about you. What else do you want people to know today? Well, this is what, this is one of the things I like to say is I am still a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The, they, the, that the nickname of Mormon came a long time ago. Like when the first church first started, they just, because of the Book of Mormon, they call them people Mormons that were members. Mm-hmm. And that made it like, and that made it like people thinking that we worshiped other things and that we didn't believe in Christ, but we believe in Jesus Christ. And the thing, what I'm getting the point of, and there's a point here is Chad and the teachings about the multiple um, probations. Would, there we go. Thank you. Multiple probations would totally negate the mission of Jesus Christ. It would totally negate it. Why Christ would never, you don't believe, if you believe in that, you really don't believe in God and his, or Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ would not have had to suffer and die on the cross if he just kept coming back again and again and again and redoing it. I mean, he did it. He only had to do it one time. He suffered for everyone. And so it, it is so way out on left field. If I'd gotten in any inkling that they were weird like this from the beginning, I would have been out of there. I, when I found out how the children were murdered, I, that's what really terrified me because of, I've had some past experiences with similar stuff and that terrified me. And I thought that, it, that it's like a satanic cult uh, ritual, the way poor Tylee's body was found. And that, that was like, oh my gosh, that was terrifying. Um, a little bit of PTSD too. Oh gosh, yes. Yes, it put me way back. I mean, that was really hard. That, that I've, I've, it put me back. That was, yeah. Is that Sherry, Sherry I, I'll say this, Sherry shared some private personal traumatic experiences on the longer tape that was released that I've now heard that was deleted uh, respectfully by those that released the recording, True Crime Underground. <coughs> I'm still getting over my sickness, doing my best. <coughs> um, and that's, and is that what you're referring to? Those experiences? Yeah. 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 So, but other than that, I, I feel like, well, it really started with Awen and um, her friend, Jesse hearing their take on it, it, it helped me feel so much better. Even though I felt like, oh my gosh, hearing my own voice saying these things, I felt so violated because I knew that I, it was recorded, you know, I gave it to the police. How did somebody else get it? But it, because their take on it and they're saying, oh, she sounds so, it helped me because like they were a voice for me, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they were like saying all these things and that helped me a lot. And, and then, um, but then I also felt really, you know, very upset that they would, that they, you know, that they got a hold of it somehow. Because all I did was give it to the police and, and to begin with, just the police and then just a short little bit to Annie. Uh, and after I gave that little bit to Annie, um, same, similar with you, she wanted to make sure that I knew that she didn't give it to anybody. Because she mm-hmm. didn't have a whole, I don't even know if she knew that she didn't have the whole thing. Right. Because I just, I just, I even reached out to Catherine and left undone 
because um, I just felt so much guilt, so much guilt. And I didn't give her the copy or anything, but I said, I felt so much guilt about it. And she said, yes, go to the police. If you feel you need to, I think she's the one that finally I went to the police because she said, do it, go to the, if you feel like, you know, take it, tell the police, give it to the police. If you feel like you need to, because I've had, you know, had people here and cross country saying, oh, you don't want to get involved, you know, just delete it, just get rid of it. And, and, and I'd say, but well, can you listen to it with me? Then I'll let you, then you would know why it's, I need, feel like I need it. No, 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 we don't want to hear it. Just, just get rid of it. You know, so I felt like I had this secret in, again inside, you know, like I was caught in this cold and it was a secret again, like when I was a child and it was awful. It was awful, you know. So, right. You didn't ask to be told this horrendous story. Yeah, no. And then I thought so bizarre. Why would anybody believe in zombies? That was the craziest thing I've ever heard of. But when she said that both the kids were told that I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're dead. If, she said they're zombies. They're gone now. That was before I knew that she gave his dog away and all those other things, you know. But anyway, yeah. So. Thank you for sharing what you know. Again, it, it is clear you didn't want to be involved in this. It was something that happened. And you've been torn and traumatized and confused and um, you didn't want to be a public figure, I assume, no. and talked about the way you've been talked about, um, you know, doing what you felt was the right choice to record. Um, why are you talking to me today? That's a question I ask everyone. Why, why did you choose to do this interview? I still feel like it, I was not, that I, I felt victimized as far as I had all this stuff that I didn't know about that I couldn't share with anybody, you know, like it was, it was like I was back in a cult as a child again, and I couldn't, nobody would listen to me that there was something really bad that happened, you know, and then, then, then and I just felt like I got to go to the police, but you're taught not to go to the police too. When you're in those kind of situations, oh, no way, you go to the police, you're dead too. So Anna LeBaron, who was in a cult growing up, her, her father was the cult leader, Ervil LeBaron. I interviewed her and she did express that same sentiment that she was taught to be afraid of the police and not talk to them. Yeah. So, but when I, when, you know, when uh, Catherine on left and done and she said, yeah, give it to the police, I would do it. And so I was like, finally, somebody's listening to me. You know, but people were like, oh, you don't want to get involved, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, it wasn't being involved. My gut was, I was, I was trapped in this childhood thing again. And it's like, I, this, the truth's got to get out. you got to have a voice. These children need a voice. Mm -hmm. You know, they, for the poor children, they need a voice because innocent children that are sacrificed like that, it is so evil and it, they needed a voice. And I'm like, I don't want to be the one keeping a secret that they're dead, you know, so it, it's helped to be able to say it, say that I, yeah, this, I was traumatized by this phone call and, and I, I didn't mean to do it illegally, but I honestly was afraid for my life. And I thought, well, I'll have this conversation. If I ended up dead, I'd have this, this evidence that I was told all this stuff ahead of time. Right. That makes sense. So. You were protecting yourself. It was self-preservation. Yes. Yep. And that's it. <laughs> Thank you for talking. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, so anyway, um, 
I've been humbled. I've been broken down. I mean, holy cow. Just, just not been fun. And But anyway, I feel peace now. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.